Good morning, and peace be with you. I'm going to direct your attention to the bulletin, uh, the inserts here. Um, please do take your time and uh, read over the announcements and upcoming events and weekly uh, uh, <coughs> programs that we have going here. And then also, you'll see this little graphic in there, little seeds growing. And as we are casting seeds out, uh, one of the proposals is to put up a digital sign out in front that uh, is a, would be a marquee that would uh, direct attention to our church and the many things that we have going on here on a weekly basis. Last night, we had uh, a chance to gather uh, our members and uh, several members from our sister church here at Victory Outreach. We had a Christian magician. I know that sounds at odds with each other, but it really wasn't. This man, at one point in time, was an atheist. He was a um, very educated man, very wise man, and he thought that anyone that would believe in a little black book, uh, that there was a, a man in the sky with a beard and all that, you know, he goes, well, you know, they're nice people, but they're dumb, is what he said. Well, God gave him kind of a road to Damascus uh, kind of experience, opened his eyes, and he shares that with his gift of humor and his gift of sleight of hand. He was pretty good, huh, Eldred? Right? And um, Ashley's daughter was there, Stella, and her friend Bailey, and Mark was there, and uh, it was a good time. We even had a karaoke machine going, and I was in the kitchen washing dishes, which probably everybody should be thankful but uh, it was a nice time. These are the types of things that we want to be able to put out on a marquee. And so we're looking for folks to uh, give uh, to help make this come through. We have a, a, a member that is willing to match dollar for dollar uh, until we get this, uh, this made. So um, I also understand uh, I wasn't here for it, but uh, previous week we had uh, a financial planner come in, and who went to that? I'm, I, we're kind of short today, but did anyone go to see the plan? You saw it, didn't you, Elder? Thank you, Elder. Well, and oh, okay, you guys, and it was worth it, right? Good time, good information. It was fantastic. There you go. So, to that end, I would also ask that on your way out, um, there are some forms. I don't know that we have enough for everybody, but if you get one right, you know, if you're lucky enough to get one, you would be blessing me and this church and your family. What is it exactly? Well, it is an emergency and a memorial file. And what it has is your basic information and any kind of uh, information that you would want us to keep hold of you should you pass away in an untimely way. Uh, one of the worst things that you can imagine could happen is people not know what your desires were. People would not know, you know, certain directions and directives that you have. So this form uh, has been printed out. It's got two sides, and it's got the information that um, I would be appreciative, your family would be appreciative if you took the time to fill this out. Sounds kind of morbid. We don't want to think about our last days, but um, I'm here to tell you, that the statistics, as you know, are overwhelming, and 10 out of 10 of us are not going to get out of this thing uh, alive. So, um, God, I kind of hate doing that. <laughs> um, but as a son uh, whose both parents have passed away, I can tell you that there's comfort knowing 
that it's all it was taken care of. I hated it when my dad would say, hey, let's go take a look at my apartment. And that was where the ashes were going. And I'm like, oh, but I did. And he had everything taken care of from his, the scriptures that he wanted to the music that he wanted. My mom did too. So when that time comes and nobody trains a kid or anyone else how to prepare for the, their parents' demise, it's done. So forgive me, but uh, let's talk about something happier. Why don't we stand up and why don't we start with our opening hymn? We have a guest musician this week. It's um, Bang. Thank you, Bang, for being here with us. It's always a pleasure. You bless us with your, with your playing. And our opening hymn is This Is My Father's World.
name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are our and that we have sinned against you and God for everything. Our love we have done, and our love we have done We have not loved our neighbor our Lord. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We just Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. You can find it in page 1706 of your Bible. We're going to talk this morning about one of the most remarkable transformations you may encounter any, anywhere. We have a man who, although this translation talks about his murderous threats, let us not quibble. He threatened Christians and he murdered them. As a matter of fact, he stopped off on his way to Damascus at Caiaphas to get a letter from the chief rabbi to introduce him to the synagogues in Damascus, ask them to point out Christians so that he could capture them and take them back to Jerusalem for trial. Acts 9, 1 through 22. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on this journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Paul, a Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again 
and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief of priests? Yet Saul became more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Saul becomes Paul. We will read Psalm 30, verses 1 through 12, responsively. You can find it in your bulletin. Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountains stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. The epistle this morning is from Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. You can find it on page 1918. John writes, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, 
You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please stand? Our gospel verse this morning as we sing, Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? Our gospel according to St. John from the 21st chapter, glory to you, O Lord. John 21, verses 1 through 19 can be found on page 1687 of your pew Bible. John records, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat but that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did... They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say that, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water 
The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals where there were fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, that net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? And they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread, he gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The title of this sermon is really more about the thread, and I call it Making Old Things New. And then... uh, I ask the question, what is it about three? So we'll discover that a little bit. The synopsis of the gospel is one that we've heard. Uh, Jesus has uh, been crucified, died, and was buried, and he rose again. 
he has uh, made himself, he's manifested himself in front of his disciples twice already, and this is the third time. The guys went back to doing what they knew what to do to go fishing. Isn't that common of all of us when things get rough? We kind of go back to what we know. And they fish all night, and they don't catch anything. Heard that before. And Jesus appears on the shore, and they don't recognize him. Heard that before. And he tells them to cast their nets out one more time. We've heard that before. And they pull up the nets, and shazam, there's a whole lot of fish. Seems like we've heard that before. Amen? Have we heard that before? This time the net didn't, didn't tear. And the boys get it. The one who Jesus loved, John, the one who's writing this, telling this, speaks out. He goes, this is the Lord. And Peter, after we know his story, having denied Christ three times, jumps into the water, swims to shore. And when they get to shore, the guys in the boat, they, they see that Jesus has already started cooking. He already had fish. He already had bread. He already had the fire going. So the question I had is, why? <laughs> why do we do this again? What is, are we to get from this? Jesus makes old things new. We look at old things that he is, that he's making new. Uh, he's there at daybreak. And what is the significance of, of daybreak? Well, I think in his rising and in his, uh, his resurrection, he is showing that he has dominion over all things, even death. And he is also showing that he is the lamb, as we're going to hear a little bit. Not just the lamb, he's the lion of Judah. He's the one that they have been waiting for, that all of the prophets have been telling the people to expect it, to expectantly look and wait for the coming Messiah. He's here at the seashore or the lake shore. And that points back to an image that we can take a look at as when God delivered his people from captivity at the seashore. When Moses spread his hands across like this and the seas parted. And as the people crossed on dry land and the Egyptians followed, death followed them. Early in the morning, the sea collapsed on the retreating Egyptians. Early in the morning, by the sea. He's, he's cooking bread and meat. Why? Well, I mean, you know, they're hungry, but Jesus is also showing them something else, and that is that earlier in John 6, he says, I'm the bread of life. And earlier than that, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. 
And earlier than that, going back to old things made new, old things saying, ta-da, check this out. God fed his people after delivering them from death. Manna from heaven. Old things new. He is showing his disciples, seven of them, with 153 fish, that he has dominion over all things, even the fish in the sea. Oh, there's another old thing. When God gives his marching orders to Adam and Eve, he talks to them about, this is the world that I have given you. You have dominion over it. The first thing is dominion over fish in the sea. So what he's demonstrating is even these fish I'm in control over. Well, what does that say to you and me? Well, I mean, if God can make a bunch of fish behave, I guess he can probably take care of anything that I'm facing. Since God, through his son, he showed us he defeated death, then what do I have to fear? He's made old things new. And yet, we can take a look at ourselves and, and maybe even say, oh, yeah, well, that's for them. That's not for me. Satan has a way of saying things like, if these walls could speak of the times that you've been weak, most people would shake their head and turn away. You ever felt that? God makes old things new. We see that theme again. As Gary pointed out, Saul of Tarsus, he was really good at persecuting Christians. He was, he was really good at it. Tenacious, well-studied. He knew all the right people. He prepared himself. And he was on his way to bring some real evil people. And God met him right in the middle of that road. Caused him to be blind. Love this part. I chuckle a little bit every time I hear it. And when Gary, you read it, uh, who are you, Lord? I think he knew. I think he knew. And so God took an old person, an old nature in Saul and made him new. He repurposed him. He took one who we would all say, yeah, that's a bad guy. There ain't no hope for him. Turned him into the most prolific evangelist, if you will, that ever lived. The most prolific author in our Holy Bible. Convincing. Very good at what he does, and that is making a case for Christ. We see also, again, God making old things new. When Jesus sits down with Peter and asks him three times, do you love me? We know that 
prior to that, three times, old Peter denied Christ. He made an old thing new, an old nature new, filled with the Spirit, and there lies the power. He removed the scales from Paul's old eyes, filled him with the Spirit so he could see anew. He removed the doubt and the selfishness of Peter and gave him new eyes and new heart to see and made him new. And made him new and used him powerfully. And he gave them both marching orders and that was go and preach. Go and proclaim. Go and share what you have seen. Go. Feed my sheep. And so what are they what are they telling us? Well, for that, the gospel that they're telling, they were there firsthand account, Peter was. And Paul spoke to Jesus. So even though he called himself an apostle abnormally born, they had firsthand interactions with Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And they went out and they told What did they tell him? That which we see and have a vision of in the Revelation, whereupon John is having this vision and he is worried that there is nobody that is worthy to open up the scroll or to look inside. But wait. The Lamb... The lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Hallelujah. Does that sound familiar? That's why we sing that. That's why we sing that the, to the very, this is the feast of victory to the lamb. Hallelujah. Right? To remind ourselves. We are proclaiming Christ risen. Procli- pro- proclaiming Christ in heaven. This has happened. This is happening now. All of the celebration is going on, and that is what we get to rejoice in, be glad in, and share with. The old is gone. The new is waiting for those who would believe. And John gives us a a glimmer, like we're looking through the hole in the door, the, the keyhole. You guys got to see this. There's all these fantastic angels that are singing praise to the Lamb who purchased you and me with His blood. It's true. It really happened. And not only that, He's not just this little cute little Lamb. He's the Lion of Judah. He came in like a Lamb. He's coming back like a Lion. By the seashore, old things new. We got a chance to see a beautiful little baby, perfect in grandma and grandpa's eyes, but still a little sinner, renewed by the waters. The old Adam, and that wasn't that old of an Adam in that little guy, right? Is he, how many weeks old is he now? Is he four months or is four months? That's a pretty new Adam, but that's a little sinner there, and he 
was washed clean by this water. He, the old, is gone. And when he came up out of that water, just like a resurrection like Jesus Christ had, the new has been put on. He's been set apart. He has been made new in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's three made new. And you are new. Each time we come together, we confess. Get rid of that old that's dragging us down. We are absolved and forgiven. We walk up and we remember our baptism and we are made new with our own personal Passover that he has given us. That's the other thing about Jesus. At this time that he has come to see the boys by the edge of the, the sea, he is celebrating the Passover of all Passovers. Death has no dominion. Passed over by the, the blood, not over a, over a door, but by the blood that the lamb slayed. Or gave, rather. So it's fitting that during this service, a worship service, we praise the lamb, the worthy lamb. It is fitting that we experience a Passover that sustains us, gives us grace, and gives us salvation with his true body and his true blood. And it's fitting that we go out and we share with a world that needs to hear that we serve a God that makes old things new. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is on page 306. We're going to be singing verses 1 through 4. It is Chief of Sinners, Though I Be.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, together found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered Let us pray. Almighty God, receive the incense of our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Worthy are you, O Lord, to receive the praise and thanksgiving of your people for sending your Son as the Lamb to ransom your people by his blood and make us a kingdom and priests in your service. Lend your blessing to your church that all will endeavor in your name may be in accord with your will and accomplish your holy purpose in calling many to know him with joy that they may know your redemption. Lord, in your mercy... Mighty God, your word brings faith by the power of your spirit. As once you called Saul to serve as a chosen instrument of your grace, and you called Peter to follow you, raise up many to serve as pastors who will feed your sheep. Fill the nets of your gospel with many who hear your good news and believe by the power of the spirit. Bless those who you plant, those who are in your church where she has not, and all church workers who serve us in your name, Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, you have given us a rich and a blessed land. Give us good and honest leaders who will govern according to your will and provide for our common life together, protecting those most vulnerable and defending us against all enemies. Bless the members of our armed forces and give to the nation's peace and goodwill, Lord, in your mercy. Holy Lord, you are holy and you make us holy in Christ. Give to us strength in the face of temptation Encourage in the face of fear, comfort in the time of distress, and resolve in the face of persecution. Help us to abound in hope in every circumstance through faith in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, 
and compassionate, Lord, you know the needs of your people before we ask. And yet, you call upon us to make known the petitions of our hearts and trust you to supply grace sufficient for all our needs. Give to the sick healing, to the suffering relief, to the troubled peace, to the grieving comfort, and deliver the dying to, the, to your rest, especially for those whom we pray and those we name in our hearts before you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And blessed Lord, all things are yours. And you have richly supplied us with the blessing of time, with talents and abilities, with the gift of labor and the income that it provides. Receive our thanks for all of your gifts and accept the tithes and offerings we bring as part of the worship of our hearts and our sacrifices of praise. Lord, in your mercy, and merciful God, you gave your Son to be the Lamb, and he has given us his own flesh to be our food and his very blood to be our drink, and give us your Holy Spirit so that we who approach his table may receive his gifts with repentant hearts and faith, that what we receive with our lips we may keep in holy hearts and show forth in holy lives. Lord, in your mercy, and gracious God, those who die in Christ rest in him, awaiting with us the day of days when the veil of death is cast off and we are received into your everlasting presence to the life that death cannot end. Receive our thanks for the mighty saints of old and for their witness preserved through the ages. Keep us in Christ that we may be reunited with all who have gone before. And Lord, in your mercy, to you, O Father, who sits upon the throne, and to the Lamb, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be all blessing, honor, glory, and might, both now and forevermore. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord. For he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin. Who by his death has destroyed death. And by his rising has brought to us eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the earth and sea and all of their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And much the same, after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death. We proclaim his resurrection. And we proclaim his triumphant coming in glory again. Together, let us now pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
So we're about to celebrate the victory feast, the Lamb of God, the Lamb who was slain. And all that he asks is for us to confess him and with our lips and to believe in our hearts. And I hurt you, and I know that that is in your nature. So you may be seated. You may come forward when the ushers bring you forward. And I pray that you would realize and remember your baptism as you walk past that font that you realize that you weren't baptized, but you are baptized. You are walking wet. You are walking in forgiveness. And that you realize that through your lips, you are receiving a personal Passover that lasts for eternity. Amen? Amen.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is, Now All the Vault of Heaven Resounds on page 143.